And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, September 25th. It is Monday, right? I, I got lost for a second. It, I got lost it's Monday. Sauce. I, I know. I you I, it's a Monday. <laughs> Sam out on Mondays. Um, most importantly, though, September 25th, it mm. is Mr. Simone's birthday. So happy birthday. Oh, Dad. yeah. Happy, happy yeah. birthday from yeah. How About Them Celtics <laughs> to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey, there you no go. My dad, my, my dad often listens to like just the start of these to get the ad and then he goes about his day. So I hope you listen long enough to hear this, Dad, if you are listening. Damn, that's kind um, of disrespectful. He doesn't yeah, even know. Uh, that's okay. Mm. He's a busy guy. He's got stuff going on. Mm. Um, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're getting closer. I say it every time. We're inching closer and closer to Celtics basketball, about a month away still. Uh, we are getting there, and you guys are, are tuning in more and more because uh, there's actual stuff to talk about. And I know we're very glad that there's actual stuff to talk about. Is a week from today um, media day? Yes, a week from today is media day. October 2nd is media day. <clears throat> getting real, real, real close to media day. We. We'll probably be able to record right after media day for a post media day pod, actually, which would be perfect. Is that an emergency day, pod so. or is that a Tuesday? Well, it's Anybody just going to be a Tuesday, Tuesday because it's yeah. Monday is media day and then it'll go up mm-hmm. on the Tuesday. So you get you Respect. guys get the latest stuff from media day. Um, we are keeping it ready with basketball news, Celtics news, all the good stuff. Sam and I played basketball last night. Uh, for our sure intro. I literally I don't know if you noticed, Sam, I didn't make a single shot. I did not score. the entire Yeah, you don't night. like the ceiling. I know it's gonna be on the rattles later. Spoiler alert! I'll complain about it then. But it was it not not my hottest. Oh, it is. So don't you worry. It's on there. It's oh, I did. Yep, I see. Good it. Choice words for it. Um, but <clears throat> played basketball last night. It was fine. I played like crap. But I'll put it on the rattles later. But getting into Jack can, uh, stuff. Confirm. Oh, I can dunk. Sam can dunk. Yes, I did see it. I Dunked did see like a couple times in a row. And Sam can confirm that I can also dunk. Right. Yes. <laughs> we're we're gonna do a dunk contest video, actually. Uh, oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe uh Sam can dunk and I'll I'll retract my statement and plead the fifth. Anyways, Celtics. We'll do one of those edits where you can't see the ground, you can only see the hoop. So like the hoop's yeah, yeah, like yeah. five feet. No, I'll do the TikTok where it's like uh I jump. I jump and when I jump, it's the tall hoop, but then it quickly cuts to a small hoop. I'll dunk right. as well, and then it goes yeah. back to the big one. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 don't you guys worry. You'll see me dunked eventually. Uh, anyways, Boston Celtics kicking off with Dame Lillard saga. It has reached Boston once again, uh, which is just great. It's just great. Exactly. What is this we like when like a family member gets COVID? <laughs> <laughs> like the the virus has reached. It's gets hit struck. home. Oh man, it gets struck. But um, the reason we're talking about Dame in the context of Boston is Vegas odds currently have the Celtics as the top betting destination, betting favorite outside of the Heat if Dame doesn't end up in Miami, which is of note because as Sam put it on here, and I agree, the Vegas part is just weird because they always hmm. know something. Like they don't just make odds for no reason. Correct. Right? Like they're not they're just not trying to get stuff out there. They're not trying to lose money. Exactly. So either they know something or they just believe that that's the most likely or I I just it's just odd. It's just a weird thing to see the Celtics up there. We can talk about it, the context of it, how a deal would get done. We can go over all the semantics. But the fact that Vegas has the Celtics 
as the betting favorites, and the title of this pod will be Celtics listed, you know, among favorites to land Dame because that they quite literally are. Yeah. Like, they just they are Hope the betting clicked. favorites outside of the Heat. Um, and it's not clickbait, and that's why it's weird because I, I don't think anybody you ask around, you know, Celtics media, Celtics fans, Celtics, it's Celtics. You can ask a player outside, of maybe Tatum, who's friends with him, like. It just doesn't seem like there's a super realistic pathway to get him to Boston, but then Vegas is out here putting him as a favorite. It, it's a very weird thing, uh, and it came out today, so we're talking about it. Yeah, so I have this on the sheet, and the reason why I think that this is a thing is solely because of what the Celtics have to offer. Like, if you look at the pieces that may be available for the Celtics, the draft picks they have, because the Celtics are a rare, good team that has all their picks. They can offer picks. They can offer guys that aren't Tatum or Brown or Porzingis. And realistically, they could give the Blazers something worth giving up Dame for. Where when you look at other teams like Miami, that's not really the case. Otherwise, Dame would already be there. If Miami was willing to part ways with legitimate assets, then Portland would pull the trigger. It's simple as that. So the Celtics are high up on this odds or on the odd rankings, whatever. Because Vegas doesn't want to lose money just because they have a great deal of assets that they could send their way. I mean, in the Celtics blog chat today, it was like all discussed, like, what would it be? And I think this is all coming out at a pretty interesting time. And just so I don't step on another segment, which I will not. <laughs> this comes at an interesting time because of Brogdon. We've had all this weird Brogdon yeah. stuff coming out over the last week of like, uh, Washburn speculating he's unhappy and nobody's heard from him. Adam Kaufman came out and said he's heard that he's not necessarily being dangled in trade talks, but he is kind of on the block. Like they're willing to part ways with Brogdon. And the two of us have had discussions on the pod. Like, what are you giving up Brogdon for? Well, if you're giving up Brogdon, you don't have the guard depth anymore to screw around and try and bring in wing pieces. Not that you need them, but anything that's not a guard because Marcus Smart isn't on the team anymore. <clears throat> So I suppose if you're going to give up Brogdon, you might as well go get Dame, right? I mean, that's not a bad, bad return, even though the contract yeah. sucks. And I stand by, he's going to be a negative asset by the end of it. You would have a superstar guard, mm -hmm. two superstar wings and Porzingis, who's a borderline all-star. All yeah. Would it be great for ball distribution? Maybe not. Maybe you That's teach the them to play like the 86 Celtics, right? You bring in all the, the, the fellas and you say, look, two guys on the low block, move the ball around and everybody cut. See, I, I think that's the biggest question mark for me because it would either have to be – it would either turn into the Warriors or the Brooklyn Nets because those are the best two examples I can think of. The Nets – and, and the Nets weren't like – It's a good call. To, to give the Nets some respect. Or the respect, 18, like, 19 Celtics. <clears throat> sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but – to get to give the Nets some respect, what, like one they sec, were, one sec. yeah. Before anybody gets upset in the comments, they would not only give up Brogdon in a trade. Okay, go on. Yes, <laughs> and we'll go over that in a second. Yes. Um, because <laughs> I I was like, well, um, you know, you trade Brogdon, get Dame. No, like yeah, yes, they would yeah. have no, to give package, up other stuff. The go package ahead. would probably be if you want to do the full package quick. It would probably it would be this is what we were discussing in the Celtics blog chat. Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser. And like that, that would probably get you around there <clears throat> salary wise. So it, it would gut some depth. Absolutely. Um, 
But as far as the Nets Warriors thing, like the Nets, and again, to give them the respect, they went on a run and people got hurt. And they, like they could have won that one year where KD's foot was on the line, Kyrie got hurt. Like there's all these factors. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> the Nets super team didn't work. There was three ball dominant stars that couldn't put it together. The Warriors had two ball dominant guys and Clay Thompson, who needs his touches, and Draymond Green, who helps run the offense. And they put their egos aside and they won championships together. You can even say the same thing about the Heat, right? It didn't work for the first year. Then they found a way to make it work and then they won two titles, right? <clears throat> so. It's just a matter of would Dame, the Jays, and uh, Porzingis be able to put that aside to win titles? <clears throat> and, and maybe it's a year of growth and they figure it out like the Heat did and they get there eventually. But <clears throat> like that, that that's what would have to happen. And as far as the negative asset, I'm not going to sit here and say Dame's going to be great for the rest of his career. I will say if there's ever a place for Dame to age gracefully, it's on a team where he can be the point guard and not have to be Dame, right? Like, like by the time Dame is 34, 35, Tatum's going to be, you know, 28, like private screw. He's going to be handled the scoring. Dave wouldn't have to worry about scoring. Exactly. Dave wouldn't have to worry about scoring 30 a night, right? Derek White would still knock on wood, be on the team, be able to run the Mm -hmm. point or or help out the point guard position. Um, Jalen Brown, KP, like the the whole core would still be there. And if the Celtics gave up this package for Dame, which again would be, I think in the Celtics blog chat, it landed on something like Brogdon, Robert Williams, Pritchard, Hauser, Cornette, and also, all the picks, like as many picks as it'll take to get it done. Like I'm not saying all the picks, but like in the context of this trade, effectively a lot of draft picks. We'll leave it at that. Like several first round picks, right? Which whatever. Um, well, not whatever, but like if you're getting Dame, you're gonna have to give up picks. My, whatever is just if you're gonna get, trade for a superstar, that's just what it takes. Um, that would leave the Celtics with a starting lineup, probably, of Dame, the Jays, Porzingis, Horford with White as the sixth man, and then the depth after that is where it starts to get shaky because then you're left with Svi Mikhailu, you know, uh, Lamar Stevens, Jordan Walsh, O'Shea Brissett, which, in fairness, like, is probably a good reason that Brad did get all these guys, right? Like, they'd still have a great guard rotation with Dame and uh, with Derek White. Lamar Stevens is very, you know highly spoken about by Cavs fans and all these people, like as an impact player off the bench, FEMA Kylo had a great run with the Hornets last year in a role and could fill in a bench role. You'd need to address the big man spot because you'd only have Porzingis and uh, Al Horford, but then you also have Nemius Cato. Like, so there have the Cornette. things that have happened. Uh, what'd you say? <laughs> Cornette? No, he would probably be in the package. Trade. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be in the package, but that'd be really sad actually. <laughs> yeah. Then you'd have Brissett too, but like there, there would be enough depth to form like an, a, a solid enough bench. And then Brad could also either make more Reed. deals or, or sign some people for Reed. You mean you, Kenneth, you Reed? To, Kenneth Reed? Yeah. Push, push the agenda, push the agenda. But <laughs> if the Blazers were interested in that and willing to accept that package, as much as I wouldn't like to see the Celtics lose Rob, I would probably be okay with it because you'd get, Two or three years of prime Dame, who let's not forget, Damian Lillard is a top five point guard. In the, <coughs> excuse me, in the NBA when he's healthy, like Damian Lillard is that guy. As much as our opinions have made have soured on Dame because of the way this whole thing has has come down and the way he's handled it and all the stuff in the media, Damian Lillard is a beast on the court. Right, he he has won the Blazers playoff series by himself. He has won them games by himself. He dropped 71 points in a game last season. Like, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, Dame is a damn good player. He's not without his flaws. He's not the greatest defender, right? Mm. He's not great. He, he and also in his defense, hasn't had the best defensive teams around him, right? Like, hasn't really <clears throat> been given that chance. And 
the best defensive team he probably had around him went to the conference finals. Like he's taking a team to the conference finals and Ennis Cantor was in their center rotation. So props to Tame for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like if you can get Damian Lillard without giving up Jalen Brown, I think you have to do it in my opinion. What about Porzingis? Would I trade Porzingis for him? Yeah. No, no. I, would. I, I so, think if so if you, you let's just it, say don't touch the big three. Yes. Okay. I, I think you would do it. And as much as this is semantics and I would still probably do it either way, I'd rather keep Horford than Rob. And as the crazy as that sounds, in my opinion, I kind of get why. I mean, yeah. versatility for starters, leadership. Um, contracts, I think the Brogdon injuries. weird Brogdon saga has maybe moved the needle a bit for me where if I'm going to have a headache because of a point guard on my team, I guess I'd rather it be Dame than Malcolm Brogdon. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where you have to start. Um, I do think if Dame was traded to the Celtics, he would probably be a pain in the ass about it. And I've watched Maybe. the Celtics have a the other thing. super team-esque season derailed by an annoying point guard before. I prefer not to do it again. But there is something to be said about adding him to this roster. Interestingly enough, I kind of think his three-point range would be something to kind of boost them a bit he might be this like a top he's probably a top five three-point shooter of all time i mean seriously people talk about dame where they believe if you swapped him and steph curry the warriors would be just as successful now i'm not trying to tell you those people are right or those people are wrong but that is a legitimate discussion that people have and i'm not on this pod saying it's crazy for them to feel that way they have very similar skill sets Dame has great range. He's a great shooter. I believe he's won the three-point contest. Not that that really matters. But he could be a great addition to a Celtics team. And as much as I hate the idea of giving up all these picks, especially with the CBA coming in, grabbing everyone by the balls and being like, you can't pay guys, you're still going to have Tatum and Brown in the future. So your team should be pretty serviceable where those picks aren't overly valuable where, while, where you're not going to be the Brooklyn Nets after you trade away all your draft picks. That's the goal. True. You don't want that to happen to you. And if you believe you can bring in Dame and that won't happen, I guess go ahead and do it. The last thing I'll say on this is if they were going to do this, then they really should have done it before free agency because you could have got more help for cheap guys would have been like, Oh yeah, I'll go play for the Celtics. I agree. I do wonder if a part of that is, before free agency, they could have traded Jalen, and that's all Blazers would have asked for. And now they'd be like, "Oh, we can't trade Jalen anymore, but we could still." You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like <clears throat> that was probably now part they of the maybe don't feel like they're getting stiffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I wouldn't give up Jalen for Dame. I wouldn't give up Porzingis for Dame. I wouldn't give up Tatum for Dame, obviously. Um, but I, if you can keep, yeah, right. If you can keep those three and get Damian Lillard, I think the Celtics have to do it because <clears throat> that's that's the best team in the NBA on paper. Right. And that's, that's the important part on paper is what it all is about. Cause you have to do it. But I mean, that's, that's a really good team. And, and I mean, the other thing you have to worry about, like you said, you can't do the trade if Dame has no interest in being here because then that ruins everything. So what number does Dame wear? If he gets traded to the Celtics. Oof. It's important. Eight. Yeah. No, that's Porzingis. Porzingis. Moron. Uh, let's see. They, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a tough one. That Does he go a, with 11 and try and uh, revive the legacy of that number? No, he can't wear 11. I don't I don't think he would do that. Can't wear double zero. Yeah, can't wear zero. Yeah, four? You go four? Maybe four. I feel like four is a weird fit on him. I don't know. This is a tough question. <laughs> we were in high school. Really have, we have no, you wore no, no actual indication. Okay, well, can't wear one. Um, yeah, yeah, I have no idea what he would wear. 12? Somebody wore 12. Am I stupid? Somebody wears 12, right? Oh, oh Grant. Brissett's got it. <laughs> oh, no, <Brissett. laughs> He was one in college. I think you just said that. Uh, and in high school, wear yeah. that. <clears throat> no, he cannot. Nine? Who wears nine? Derek, Derek White, White is your guy. I'm bad at numbers. Okay, I don't know numbers. Have some respect. <laughs> I don't know numbers. I'm just looking at numbers that aren't retired. <laughs> it's the, you should wear like some enough. number that's like stupid, like 60. You, you know, you should or do 71. Uh, that one time he he scored 71 points. He could be he like take, true. Uh, true. He should take 20 from JD Davison and revive Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. It's fine. I mean, right. Remember when everyone wanted them to retire Ray Allen's number all of a sudden when yeah. he showed up to the KG thing? Yeah, you were out. They on were it. like, you have to do it. <laughs> and there's been no movement on that. No, not at all. Respect to Wick. <laughs> People don't forget. Um, no, but if they can get him without giving up Jalen Brown or KP, I would do it. But that is all. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Next thing, let's check in Good with segment. our emails. Let's go to the emails. This is slowly becoming my favorite part of the pod. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If you have an email uh, or have a thought you would like to relate to us that you'd like us to, excuse me, to read on the pod, please do. Sam, did you look at the email today? I did not. Perfect. Don't not look. Yet. All right. Uh, Sam, don't look at the screen if you can help it or open a different tab because right. RJ sent us. Celtics uniform number trivia questions. Oh, okay. So you're going to answer the trivia it's questions. It's funny that this is what it is after it. our recent conversation. <laughs> yeah, after I just butchered a bunch of numbers. Um, mm. Here's one way to salt tab. away. Perfect. Here's one way to salt away for a slow news day. Some uniform number trivia questions. A little bit of filler as we come into the last week or so before training camp opens. Question one, Sam. You ready? Mm. Who was the first Celtics player to wear a uniform number in the 50s or higher? It's in 50 to 59 or higher, like any number 50 and up. And what year was it, if you want to take that step? What year? Yeah, just fine. Start with the fucking player. Come on. Uh... It's a tough one. These are tough questions. Shout out to RJ. Is it Mel Counts? It is not. It is not. What number did he wear? I don't even know. I I don't know. I don't know why I think he's in that. Mel Counts 50s. wore number 11 for the Celtics. 11. Okay. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> it is Norm Cook who wore number yeah, 52 in the 76-77 season. Um, talk about getting in your This bag. is like Ben Vallis <laughs> yeah. level of question. Norm Cook, who played for the Celtics one season, 25 games, and wore number 52. Mm. He reached in the bag and pulled it out. Thank you, RJ. Number That's two, a... you ready? 
us doing Celtics Jeopardy. <laughs> you, you making Celtics Jeopardy. I'm not taking responsibility <laughs> for those questions. That was my baby. I worked on that for a while. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. All right. Which number range has the most unassigned number, i.e. never worn in a Celtics history? Uh, the 30s, the 40s, or 50s? Like the most unassigned number, like the least numbers worn. The least numbers worn or least amount of players that have worn those numbers? Um, it just says which number range has the most unassigned number. Um, okay, well. Never worn. So I don't think. Let, let's go through this. 30 has been worn. 31's retired. 32's retired. 33's retired. 34's retired. 35's retired. 36 has been worn. 37 has been worn. 38 has been worn. I don't know about 39. 40 has been worn. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. 46 has been worn. Not sure about 47 or 48 or 49. 50, 51, 52, 53... 54, 55, 6, 7, 8, 9. I think it's the 50s. So he gave me 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 numbers that have never been assigned. Okay. And you just nailed all of them, except 56 and 7 have been worn. But you were correct. 47, 48, 49, 39, and 58 and 59 have not been worn. So, you, I mean, effectively, you nailed all of the questions. Nice. Um, he, he wrote prior to the 22, 23 season, both the forties and fifties were tied with three unused numbers apiece. but who claimed a number in the fifties this past season? Who Mike Muscala. The 50s? And I'm really mad at myself. Yeah. That I did not know that. <laughs> yep. Yes, he did. I that literally was, was like, Oh yeah, dude, 56, 57, 58, 59. I don't think anyone's worn those. Mike Muscala, 57. <laughs> no, you, literally you got two those, months though. ago. You, those are, that was a good answer. You, you were nailing them all. Um, so props. All right. Ready? Next one. Yep. There's two more questions. There are three numbers lower than 50 that have worn by only one Celtic. Can you name the players? And the hint is that they're all centers. They're all centers. Okay. Well, that means 37 is off the list. <laughs> Who's there? Um, all right. Three numbers under 50 that have only been worn once. Correct. Yes. Three numbers under 50 that have only worn been worn by a single player. 38, and it's Favarani. Yep. Yes? Yeah, yeah, Favarani is 38, correct. Okay. 46, Baines. Correct. This is, like, way in the back pocket as, like, a trick question, but I think Parrish at double zero. I don't know if there's another zero. Yes. Good answer. 37. Why did you want to go with that? Semi-Ogele. I just don't think it's that common. But then... Who is the other one? I don't know who the other one was, but yeah, I know Semi wasn't a center. You do know who the other person is who wore thirty-seven because I just looked it up. Oh, it's, it's, it's uh, it's it's Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right, dude, I'm good. on fire, dude. Yeah, I was really impressed you got that. I was really impressed you got that. I wonder how many have only worn been worn by two players. Oh, a lot of them. Okay, never mind. Thirty-six. Twelve's um, uh, been worn by everybody. Yeah, a lot of people were. 20. I feel like six is a sleeper. Like I don't know how many people got to it before Bill. Five, uh, five players have worn six. Move on. We'll move on. Um, thir- twelve is the most worn number, though. You are correct. That I all right. That's a fact. Yeah. Last question. Thirty-seven different Hall of Famers have played some part of their career with the Boston Celtics. 
What Celtics uniform number has graced the back of the most Hall of Famers? Most Hall of Famers? It's a tie between three different numbers. I'll tell you that. Okay. Hall of Famers. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me let me go through this. It's probably not any of the retired ones. Yeah, I don't think so. So the first one that comes to mind is 12 because everyone's worn that. Dominique has worn it. Uh, other Hall of Famers that have worn it. Can't tell you off the top of my head. Man, this sucks. Okay. I want to say 20. You you're right or wrong. Or do you want to Ray know? Allen and Gary Payton have worn 20. That's at least two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that one of them? 20 is correct. 12 is not. 12 is not. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Damn. There's three. There are three. Yeah. That have. Yeah. All three. Okay. I all can right, give you another me... hint whenever you're ready. Cause I have a good hint. You have a good hint. Yeah. All right, go ahead. The last two are both currently assigned to the current. Currently assigned. Okay. All right. Yeah. Damn. That doesn't really help. <laughs> this is a really good question. That's why it's a good hint because it, it, there's. Yeah. A I'm not I'm just trying to think. <sighs> currently assigned. These are really good questions. Shout out, RJ. This is great. I appreciate you. He's, like I said, RJ's I don't, like don't want to be point. silent, but I'm trying to think. I'm trying to <laughs> That's why I'm filibustering. <laughs> I'm letting you think. <laughs> I, uh, I wanna, if I had like a gun to my head and I had to guess, mm-hmm. I would guess 11. Yeah. But but I cannot name the people. You want me to tell you the people? 11 is correct. Yeah, uh, who is it? Chuck Cooper, Charlie Scott, Bob McAdoo. Okay, McAdoo, that tracks. Yeah. Last one is also tough. It is worn by a current Celtics big. Celtics big? I'll let you get it. There's 42, 44. I think it's 44. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, 44. Is Paul Asian Westfall, Hall of Fame? No. Paul Westfall, Dave Bing, Pete Maravich. They're Hall of Famers. Also, All players that are tremendous, just not for the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tidbit from RJ Johnson. Side note, basketball reference shows Tommy Heinsohn wearing 20. For some part of the 1960 season, but I'm not finding. An I remember that as to what happened, but it won't count as a tiebreaker because of that. Do you know what happened? Do you know why? I don't know what happened, but I do remember when I was putting Celtics Jeopardy together, stumbling upon that. I think I almost made that a question. Like, what other number did Tommy wear? Cedric Maxwell also wore 30 at some point. You go on Basketball Reference. I wonder why you wore number 12. If I Google it, why did Danny Danny Ange? Why did Tommy Heinsohn? where number 20 it was right yes huh oh does tommy count then for that the hall of fame one no he didn't count it because of that because there couldn't be a yeah i don't know um great questions that's what i'm saying all but two Celtics championship squads included a number 20 in the team, and Tommy Heinsohn briefly wore the number six, uh, 20 during the 1960 season before switching back. doesn't say why, though. Like, it doesn't say... Interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. We'd, we'd have to ask somebody, like, with more in-depth knowledge of the situation. Random, like, me thought that has nothing to do with any of this. I think I'm getting sick, and I'm amped. <laughs> You know what I mean? Why are you excited to be sick? No, I don't know what you mean. I like being sick. Like, for a day. For a day. I I like being sick for a day. Because I can lay in bed, not do a thing, and not feel bad about it. Uh, Yeah, I guess. 
fair enough. I respect it, kind of. It's it's like your your like body's like you need a day off, buddy, and you just have to sit yeah. there. And you're like, all right, yeah, all right, fair enough. All right, <laughs> moving on from that, you get a little tan. Better, I'm just thing. cold. Like it also is sure. like fall. So like you know when like you're a cold. kid, like it gets colder out, you get sick. Like it's the time of year, it comes with it. It is getting uh getting colder out. But we are going to talk about Jalen Brown, more specifically Jalen Brown as a playmaker. I wrote an article for Celtics blog doing a little bit of a deep dive, uh, and it was titled "Can Jalen Brown Become a Reliable Playmaker?" Mm. Uh, Celtics sure, people score. were really civil in the comments. <laughs> yeah, people hated it. Did you read the comments? <laughs> I didn't read them, but I can just. They got so mad. They were like, they were like, can Celtics blog stop talking about this? This guy's talked about so much. He doesn't need to do it. I'm like, because it's a story. It's, it's September. Give us a break. They're mad. They're mad. Uh, I wrote the Celtics star can score, but his next evolution will be harnessing that talent and creating for others. And I agree with that. Um, basically, I went over some of the things I've noticed, or I looked through some of his, you know, film, and I looked at some of his turnovers. I looked at some of his his mid range shots, his, his his shots at the rim and saw how much space he created and where he could have improved. And so we can look at the clips here. I will obviously explain it for audio listeners, but um, hopefully, actually, I might have to put the uh, the film on for this. We're going to get, you know, copyright struck, uh, but regardless, or maybe I'll just leave it in for the pod and we just won't make video money off this video. Whatever, you guys get a free I don't know. You, you have a banger title. You <laughs> copyright that shit. It's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys can blame Sam for it then. So here is, oh, can I turn sound off let's see no. mute site perfect no sound oh um so this is one of the first ones uh and my point was brown averaged 4.3 pick and roll possessions last year um which was third on the celtics um i feel like he should be right behind tatum like jalen brown is such a good score like he should be running a lot of pick and roll uh and this was one of the things I noticed first, I noted it was a bit awkward. Like Derek White goes up to set the screen at the wing. He doesn't set a full screen. He slips the screen and goes to the right. I can still hear the clip, by the way. A brush screen. You can hear it? Okay, we'll meet it here then. Um, A brush screen. And he drives to the rim. This is the problem. The problem isn't, oh, he he made a difficult pass to Derek White in the paint. He maybe could have threaded this pass through, but that's a tough pass. He could have kicked it out to Al Horford. That's also not the problem. The problem is, Joe Brown left his feet. And so because he left his feet, he was forced to make a decision. And as soon as he left his feet, the Bulls defense can just spread out because he can't go anywhere anymore. Like nobody has to guard yep. Jalen Brown once he leaves his feet. And that's a big problem. That was a really big problem with Tatum a couple of years ago. And I feel like he, he's fixed it by just keeping a pivot foot on the ground. Um, but this possession ends with Jalen Brown throwing it um, to no one. He throws it to DeMar DeRozan uh, in the middle of nowhere. I was at this game. And he turns the ball over. Really? Our good you? friend Timmy G. He oh, treated me to a go. ticket that day. It was a great day. There you go. Um, but yeah, turnover, obviously. Uh, you were at this game this. as media. Oh, you're right. I this is just was. me having a memory. Like, hey, yeah, look at me, like, guys. What? I remember stuff. Uh, but he turns the ball over. And I talked about the real issue. Brown's decision to leave his feet before he made a read. Uh, just taking an extra beat there and, and just taking a second to make his decision. Um, this next one is me talking about Jalen Brown's first step in the pick and roll. Uh, can you hear this as well? Is this not muted? I don't know what uh, you can hear, is, what you can't hear. Yeah, I can hear that. I was at this game too. I don't know why you can hear it. I tried to mute. You were at you're, this game. You might just have to hear it, Sam. <laughs> I was at a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, but like the, this was like when you first started going to games. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> this this is the problem I saw on this one. And again, watch on YouTube if you want to see the clip. I'll try my best to describe it. Jalen Brown gets a screen from Derek White. Jalen Brown got a lot of screens from guards. So did Tatum. Like the guards spent a lot of time screening last year, which is interesting. They Maybe should set screens for each other. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd I like agree. to see more of that. I agree with you. But on this screen, Derek White again slips it, goes to the three-point line. Sam Hauser sets the secondary screen, brings Christian Brown, and I believe this is that looks Michael, Michael Porter, Porter Jr. into the action. Um, but Jalen Brown, rather than stepping out to the three-point line, which I'm not saying you should take a three before you start yelling at me, because I, I can I can just feel your brain working saying, Oh, you no. should driving. Okay. Um, he takes a step in, and because he took a step in, Michael Porter Jr. jumps him. Christian Brown is able to get back into play, and Jalen Brown turns it over. All Jalen Brown had to do in this possession is take a step out to the wing. He has he's a wide open wing right here. He would have a one-on-one with Michael Porter Jr., who, while he's tall, is not the best defender in the world. And at that point, depending on what Christian Brown does, if they switch, again, it's a one-on-one with Michael Porter Jr. If Christian Brown tries to get back in on the play, he has Sam Hauser at the three-point line and Derek White at the wing is on the wing as well, with Bruce Brown trying to guard both of them. Instead, he drives into traffic. And if I had to guess, the Nugget scouting report is probably like, Jalen Brown likes to drive and get to the mid-range, cut him off. <laughs> and he, he fell right into their scouting report. Uh, and in the end, he turns the ball over by trying to dribble between his legs uh, and just running into two Nuggets defenders. And the Celtics scrap for the ball and eventually get something back. But um, just taking a step, again, it's just about taking an extra beat to figure out the play and then making a play from there. So I, I, these first two things, especially in the pick and roll, is just taking an extra second to figure out what you want to do, you know, pausing. Like you see it with like Chris Paul um, and, and all the good point guards, Darius Garland. They take a second and then they get into their action, right? They take that like stop beat uh, and they get into it. Tyus Jones did it a lot last year where he would, he would hold his dribble. He'd come off the pick and roll, but he'd bounce the ball. And so he, he could get back into dribble or he could just go up with a shot. Um, so just taking an extra second when you get out of that action. Um, make the defense show you something. Exactly. Commit. Exactly. Um, this next part uh, is me looking at Jalen Brown's mid-range game, um, and I'm going to try to get it so I can mute it, but I can't get it immediately. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Horford sets the screen for Brown. I, I can't mute it immediately, so you're going to hear some clips. I, I can't hear it, but you can. It's so okay. Um, watch as soon as Brown drives how much attention he gets, and there are a few clips I have at this. So J- Al Horford sets Jalen Brown a screen. He sets him another one. Jalen Brown gets into the paint. Nobody covers Al Horford. Al Horford, 44% three-point shooter, top of the key, by himself, alone, bare naked. Jalen Brown mm-hmm. gets to his mid-range spot, which he's money from. I'm not saying stop shooting mid-range shots, but Zach Levine is sinking in from the corner where Marcus Smart is. Ayo Desunmu is still guarding Jalen Brown, who is his defender, and Nikola Vucevic is leaking into the paint to cover Jalen Brown as well in the drive. L- look at this right here. This is the freeze frame. Jalen Brown has created so much space for his teammates on the floor that he has three defenders guarding him. But instead of kicking it out, which if you're on YouTube, you can clearly see he can see Horford here. What right. happens is he drives into the paint and throws the ball away and, and just loses it. Like this is Looks the point like, where uh, Jalen Brown needs to improve. Somebody right I here. know. <laughs> Who is this me? Is this me? Or No, not you. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. I understand. Ball. <laughs> I was like, wait. I was like, you're watching me. What are we doing? This is, this is a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> this is the exact point where I think Jalen Brown needs to improve the most. I, I he has a wide open Horford. Sure. Yeah. With the wide open Horford, right? Like that's, that's a great yeah. option. But do you think the Celtics in general, when something like this happens, the corner guy collapses, should corner three point shooter cut baseline? That, I think that's think also that? an option. I think if Smart cuts the baseline here, yes. 
I'm not convinced Brown could make that read either. And again, I think it's just about him being more aware of his surroundings. I think Al Horford is the easiest read and most obvious read. Correct. I think if you have the right player and the right playmaker in that spot, it would be smart, especially considering like not to pick on Zach Levine, even though you do it every time. Zach Levine has not looked at Marcus Smart the entire possession right there. Mm. That's the last time he looks at him. The next three seconds of the play when Jalen Brown is doing his, his drive doesn't even look at him, right? Marcus Smart could absolutely cut there, but I think if it was Marcus in the spot of Jalen Brown or Tatum in the spot of Jalen Brown or even Al Horford in the spot of Jalen Brown, all of whom are probably better passers, then he could get it. But I, I think Jalen Brown wouldn't necessarily make that read, but I do think they should cut more as a team. Um, so uh, yeah, I was just curious what you think with the analytical standpoint of that. No, I, I would think you rather him stay in the three. No, no, no. Lay, layups are always good. If you can get a cutoff, I do think it's also worrisome. If Marcus Smart's cuts, he's also bringing his defender to the paint. So if Jalen Brown is going to commit to the drive, he's going to face another body in the paint at that point. Yep. So I think that's the thing. But the next thing, um, this is just another one where if Jalen Brown kept his head up and kept looking, he would have an easy read, right? So Jalen Brown gets the ball at the wing here or top of the key. He drives. Kyle Lowry is beat. Kyle Lowry does not have a chance to stay in front of Jalen Brown here because of their rotations, right? And he's fat. That's also part of it. Absolutely. He's not in the best shape. Heat culture, though. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. This isn't the best, the easiest read in the world, right? Jalen Brown, and again, this is just in another case, and I think a lot of this happens, taking an extra beat. You already beat Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry has no chance to get in on this play, right? <clears throat> Jalen Brown gets into the paint. Marcus Smart moves back to the dunker spot. Caleb Martin comes over. And in Caleb Martin's defense, this is a good defensive play. He jumped in there to draw a charge. All that has to happen here is you take a dribble. Instead of picking it up right away, you take an extra dribble. And then at that point, you can easily get around Caleb Martin or just dump the ball off to Marcus Smart for a layup, right? And, and so he gets caught in this space of he commits to the drive so early that he has no choice but to take it. And even if he still finds the pass, which he probably should have at this point, he still would have gotten the charge. So it, again, it's just about taking an extra beat and kicking the ball to Smart, who's at this point wide open because Caleb Martin is forced to defend one or the other, and he obviously is going to choose Jalen Brown. Maybe uh, is this a zone for Miami? Uh, it's I tough because know. it's the Heat, and I'm like forced to question that. Yeah, it is a zone. I think it is a zone. You were, see, because so that, that also makes follow. it a bit tricky, but it doesn't make it harder. Yeah. No, actually, it might be man because well, could, I, no, because Bam doesn't follow. Rotating. Bam doesn't follow okay. uh, yes. Jalen to the three-point line here. So I see. Th this wasn't the easiest read. This is probably the most, not complex, but like this is probably the hardest read Jalen had to make of the clips I found. But again, I, I just think it's about slowing down a little bit. Um, So well, that's what I, I had there. I gave Caleb Martin a nice bump. How many more <laughs> clips are there? uh three a more the, these are these are nothing no these are nothing clips these are examples okay. of him making good passes which I oh mean, so don't focus on those <laughs> no we this is a classic jack hates <laughs> jalen brown yeah i literally put them in the article for a reason <laughs> we can watch him you know what now we're gonna watch him no we're no gonna watch i don't want to watch him. yeah yeah that's what i thought that's or, what i or thought just back down. one of them and then call it a day back down all right <sighs> so this next one again in transition maybe not the easiest read but on the opposite end, Jalen Brown always makes – he either goes too fast or goes too slow, if that makes sense. Like, he's always a beat too fast on making a decision, or he's a beat too slow, and he just has to find the sweet spot, and he's capable of it. But this possession, watch. Jalen Brown gets down the court. It's a 4v4, but the Celtics space the floor super well because Bam uh, and Max Struess are already sinking back, and Jimmy Butler is already on Jalen Brown, right? 
Al Horford is going to be open on the wing here. Jimmy does a great, I give him credit. Jimmy Butler does a great job of cutting off the passing light. But Jalen Brown has an opening to make the pass, right? Before Caleb Martin gets there, because Caleb Martin is trailing. Jalen Brown has plenty of passes he can make here. The problem isn't that he missed these passes because they're not the easiest ones, right? Jimmy Butler does a good job of cutting it off long enough. You know, Gabe Vincent is cutting off Marcus Smart's passing lane if you were to cut. So the, the Heat do a good job defending this. The problem is Jalen Brown picks up the basketball. <laughs> he, he starts his drive. Jalen Brown picks up the ball. And at this point, watch every single Heat defender here, Sam. They're just <laughs> deny. They're in complete deny yeah. mode because Jalen Brown picked up the ball and now he's in the middle of nowhere with nowhere to go, right? <clears throat> Make a quicker decision, and that's not a problem. So, again, it's just a beat too slow or or picking the ball up slash getting off his feet too early. Uh, and these last two are very similar, and I, I need to preface this, and I, I literally thought of you while I was writing this. This play is a good shot for Jalen Brown. That is a great shot for Jalen Brown. Yeah. I didn't put this in here. It was a mid-range look for those on the audio. <clears throat> I didn't put this in here to ward off the mid-range game. But instead, to get you to focus on this, Jalen Brown gets the ball to wing. All eyes go to him, whatever he has the ball. As soon as RJ jumps, watch the defense. Julius Randle Julius Randall leaves Jason Tatum at the three-point line, trying to guard Jalen Brown's mid-range slash drive game. And if you look Malcolm closely, Brogdon, you can see uh, Smart pointing at Tatum. Yep. Yeah, saying <laughs> kick it out. And you know what? As much as this was a good shot, he could have kicked it out. And maybe it's a better one. Whatever. I, I'm, again, not here to complain about the shot. I'm here to say, watch, there are literally four defenders now committed to Jalen Brown. Malcolm Brogdon, wide open in the corner for a three. Jason Tatum, wide open at the top of the key for a three. Isaiah Hartenstein, completely leaking off Marcus Smart in the corner. That's an impossible pass, but again, open for a three. There are four Knicks defenders now so focused because Jalen Brown is so good at getting to the rim in his mid-range spot that they worry about that. And again, this is a good shot for Jalen Brown. You also see... All the defenders start to bail out for a three because those are the analytically sound looks and that's how they're taught to defend. And so that's why I'm not going to complain about Jalen Brown's mid-range shot that much because he was one of the best in the league at the mid-range shot. That said, percent. exactly. That said, Jalen Brown, as I put at the top of this, is so capable of creating space for himself that he needs to leverage that to create space for others. And, and that was an example of this. That is also what this next one is. And, and again, um, I, I mean, you can see it here. Uh Watch the entire defense focus on a Mo Wagner switches off. Uh, Kevon Harris switches off Marcus Smart at the top of the key. Like all these guys sink in to guard Jalen Brown of the drive. Uh, and, and he, this is less of a good shot. Jalen Brown like fades away over two guys. It's not terrible, but he could have kicked this to Derek White or Marcus Smart for a three. That's well, the point. There's also not that much time left. <clears throat> yeah, true. There's two seconds <laughs> on the clock, but still, the point is he's creating a lot of space. These are all like smart passes he made. We can go over to clips, but I assume Sam is done. My point is. I do think after you're done, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. My point is Jalen Brown is such a great score. He is one of the best scorers in the NBA. He is one of the most efficient scorers in the league, minus three-point shot. I'm talking overall efficiency. Like in terms of field goal percentage, he is efficient for the looks he takes. He needs the next step in his game is using that space creation to open up looks for others. And I think Tatum's done a great job of that. And I truly believe if Jalen Brown can do that, he will jump from a primary shot taker and partial offensive hub um, or, or excuse me, he needs to jump from primary shot taker to partial offensive hub, which is what Tatum has effectively become. And at that point, I think you'll see last year was talked about Tatum in the bench lineups. Great. Brown in the bench lineups bad because Tatum can play make Jalen Brown can take that step. 
I think that $300 million price tag will go from a necessary overpay to a bargain contract because like that will open up so many opportunities for him and the Celtics offense because not only will his assist numbers go up, which by the way, Jalen Brown was fourth or fifth on the team in total passes last season. The amount of passes he's getting, he probably should, you know, off the ball a bit. But if he can leverage those shots, it'll not only open up the game for him and the Celtics offense, but like defenses can't just sell out to guard him because they know he can make the pass. I, I just think that's truly the next step he needs to make, or if, if he wants to take the step and if the Celtics want him to take it the next step, like that is the thing I think that will elevate his game to the next level. And so I wrote about it. The only, the only um, thing I really have to add is specifically looking back to the mid range play where he gets the good look against the Knicks. I think there's something to be said about not overthinking things either. While, could they have gotten a great shot instead of a quote unquote good shot? Sure. But at the same time, once you start to overthink your game starts to tense up, he's not going to be as comfortable, which is growing pains. Like if he's truly always looking for that extra pass, then it's great. And and I think the ultimate goal is for it to become such second nature. So he doesn't have to overthink. Yeah, but exactly. I don't want to see him passing up looks that are good looks necessarily i just i just don't want to see it i want to see him getting comfortable shots and being the best he can be but getting the teammates involved is mighty important to your point those brown and the bench lineups need to be better it's true yeah and again i I didn't include that clip for the sake of saying he should have passed it i included it for the sake of look how much space he creates like julius randall leaped off of jason tatum to guard jalen brown in the mid-range like that's a big sellout so that's what I wanted to include. Uh, the next one of the last things we have for Celtic stuff. Um, Evan Turner went on the JJ Reddick pod with Andre Iguodala. They have a podcast called Point Forward. They were on the Old Man 3 with JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter. Just getting the, the aggregation out there. And he talked about culture, right? JJ Reddick was asking, you know, what's the best culture you guys have been a part of? Blah, blah, blah. He said, Andre Iguodala, you don't have to answer this because, duh, it's probably the Warriors or the Heat or one of those two. Like, no shit. Uh, and Evan Turner said it was Brad Stevens' culture. Uh, basically, he talked about Brad made it easy to feel important regardless of the role you were playing. So no matter if you're getting 30 shots, like even when players were saying like, Oh, I want more looks. I want to do this. I I need to get more involved. Like Brad made it easy for everyone to feel important in the offense. Evan Turner also mentioned, you know, Rondo was his favorite player to play with. He also told a story about how like they were talking about like rookie hazing. Evan Turner mentioned like some of the Rondo would throw the kick the balls into the stands for uh, the, uh, the rookies to get, but Brad Stevens went to pick up the balls instead and said, like, we're not doing that. <laughs> so talked about Brad Stevens culture, all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I, I just thought it was interesting. We don't have to spend time on it, a ton of time on it, but I thought it was cool to see, you know, people like Brad Stevens culture. I think that uh, Evan Turner is excellent. I love Evan Turner. Love Evan, Evan Turner. Turner was one of my first favorite players as like a true, like fully Agreed. immersed fan. He, he was like one of the, the connecting team favorites for me. Yep. Um, and he also told an awesome story about somebody driving a car into his pool while he was on the Trailblazers <laughs> at the end of that pod. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I haven't, no, I haven't listen to it. it. It's no. awesome. Okay. Yeah. So he's great. He has a great personality. Uh, I always thought Brad Stevens was a great Celtics coach. Still do. Mm. Uh, don't really think the shortcomings towards the end of his tenure were his fault. And I thought he got a lot of unnecessary blame for that. Yep. I do think it's interesting how Rondo was only there for half a season with Evan Turner and he was somebody that left such a great impact on him. Yeah. Um 
but yeah, I thought the Turner and Andre Iguodala appearance on Reddick was great. Really, I good. thought that Evan Turner was kind of funny in the sense that he really did have an interesting perspective on the NBA. We've been taught, I've been bringing it up a lot lately. These guys go their whole life as the best player, and then they're not necessarily given the chance to try and be the best player in the NBA, and they have to take on a smaller role, and that's difficult for them. He talked about joining the Sixers, and when he joined the Sixers, they were in trust the process mode for at least a little bit, and then he left and joined the Celtics, but he wasn't given an opportunity to actually be the best Evan Turner that he could be, and that's not necessarily fair to him. So I do truly wonder, after that appearance, how many NBA players could have really thrived in a different situation? It was a Reddit post of the day a couple pods ago. But Evan Turner, I think, was better than people gave him credit for. That That's my long-winded, like, Evan Turner take. He gave me a lot of fun memories in that, like, 2014 to 2016 range. He had some cool playoff moments. Put Jeff Teague on his ass in a playoff game. <laughs> and I loved his mid-range shots. So that, that yeah. was one of my favorite things to, to learn how to do is shoot mid-range because Evan Turner. There you go. Yeah, I agree. I love Evan Turner. All right. Do you want to talk about this stuff or do you want to bump it? Bump it. All right. Put it in the private Let's bump chat it. if you had any yes. awareness. <laughs> I didn't. I was talking. Deal with it. Uh, all Jack's right. awareness well, rating. Uh, 45. Motherfucker, I was talking. The <laughs> amount of time. No, no, no. The amount of times we're on a podcast, I say something, Sam's on his phone, and then Sam says the same thing or questions yeah, 10 seconds I, later. Luke you Cornette guys can start a list still of the be on comments. The team earlier yeah, this yeah. one. Yeah. The other day, you were, you were saying something like, oh, you know, did, did you put Victor Oladipo in that trade? I said, yep, Sam, I just talked about it two seconds so, ago. Sometimes <laughs> I'm actually, like, looking for content on my phone, though, in fairness <laughs> to me. Awareness or like rating. I'm checking in on something. <laughs> Talking about my awareness rating, this guy. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of Damian Lillard, let's jump right back into it. Let's go. I will say, as much as we've complained about talking about Damian Lillard, it does feel like there's actual substance to the stuff that's actually happening now. So I don't mind it as much now that we actually have something to talk about. And that's because um, we actually want it to mean something now because it's not going to the heat. The reason it's stuff almost has over. not been Dame to the heat. It's, it's been the been, opposite, actually. Yeah. Game to the Raptors. Game to the Raptors. Uh, this is from Michael Grange of Sportsnet, uh, which is a Canadian uh, sports media company. By all accounts, the Raptors seem at least reasonably confident they can maneuver their way to the front mm. line past the Miami Heat, Lawyers' preferred destination, and ahead of a team such as the Nets who have draft picks to get something done if Portland is open, taking on the last two years of Ben Simmons' contract. Um, let's see. There was more stuff. I just want to find it before I move on. Sure. Uh Dame on I the Raptors. There was something else. Get ready to learn French Canadian. I thought there was something else about the Raptors. Something about the Raptors like slowly becoming a favorite for the team. Um, oh, Mark J. Spears said during an appearance on NBA Today, Mark Spears reported that multiple <laughs> multiple general managers around the league don't expect the guards to be on the Trailblazers um, by Monday's media day. Also said the Bucks have talked to Portland about a Dame trade. It's heating up, man. It, it's It's heating up. This is what I feel about the media day take from the GMs. I think that's more of an educated guess than an actual we've heard stuff. Just because I think any team wants to get him in there and to get their roster set ASAP, including the Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers, to an extent, would like to get things squared away so they can try to scoot. Scoot can be the story. They can focus on Anthony Simons and Shady and Sharp and other exciting things that they have to pitch to their fans instead of, oh, is Dame pissed off? Because I don't Mm -hmm. think 
the PR team for Portland is going to want to have to deal with all this Dame stuff, all the Dame questions. Well, Keith even Keith Smith of Track even reported like Portland hasn't officially signed their training camp players because they don't know who's going like if they're going to have an influx yeah. of guys. So like they're really waiting on this. Yeah. I also don't think Portland's going to just roll over though. It's gone this no. long. Maybe maybe they will. I hope I hope uh, that I'm not wrong though. I don't want to see them just take. Like I hope they the roll over and take the jazz's like offer or something like just take it really quick. Yeah, then it would be respect. But if they <laughs> if they do it for Miami, then no, like bad for yeah. the NBA. And <laughs> Adam Silver needs to step in and veto it. David Stern shades of David Stern. Good for him. Yeah. But I, I do truly think it's bad for the NBA if the Blazers get nothing worth value and Dame gets his way. And that's not from a bias standpoint. I think if Miami had a good package to offer. Where I, I do think Tyler Hero is a good piece. And just to circle all the way back to the beginning of the show when we were like, Celtics give up Brogdon and get Dame. Uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense for the Trailblazers to be floored by that. The difference is the amount of draft picks that the Celtics can offer. Just to clarify, Miami doesn't really have that many draft picks. They don't have a ton of assets besides Tyler Hero. And I don't think Portland wants either Hero or Brogdon because they already have too many guards. That's yep. why the Dame trade is a real thing. Like you can move off Dame, and you can have you can have Scoot, you can have Simons, you can have Shady and Sharp. That can be your one through three, and you can have a lot of fun with your young team. You don't need to bring in a Brogdon or a Tyler Hero to shake things up and throw throw another cog in the machine. It just doesn't make sense at this point for them. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Bucks offer is weird. I wonder what they could actually give up. Like it would have to be Drew Holiday, which is it would have to be very Middleton. Weird. They, I don't think they can trade Milton or Lopez though because oh, they, they just signed him. him. That's what I'm saying. So I think it would Drew have Holiday's to be the same Holiday. thing. Like why do they want him at this point? Like they don't maybe they don't need him, but maybe they're interested in like flipping. It doesn't make sense because they don't even have picks. The Bucks don't have picks. The Bucks don't make sense. Um. <clears throat> There's still the Heat people saying, oh, Dame could be asked to trade to Heat if he gets there, blah, 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 that stuff. <laughs> then again, Chris Haynes, Chris Haynes, maybe oh. Chris Haynes gets on your good list. I haven't heard Chris, Chris Haynes, Haynes in a while. Bleacher Reports Chris Haynes said Portland is, quote unquote, refusing to engage with the Heat in any trade discussions. So do we like oh, Chris I Haynes did see this. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know what to believe at this point. There's so many conflicting reports. I'm on the Heat subreddit because I was doing uh, heat, yeah. heat coverage for a little bit for heavy. So I joined, like, I wanted to see all their stuff. And, yeah. like, their fans are like, well, Dame's cousin's, like, tweeting this. Like, they're really trying to convince yeah. themselves they're getting Dame, and they might. Well, they, they're definitely I the wonder, favorites to get him. I wonder if Chris Haynes saying that is Dame Lillard mouthpiece saying, oh, they're not doing it. They won't do Like, why are, why are they refusing? This is crap. But him saying that just got everyone to be like, yeah, good. And he, like, backfired on him. <laughs> yeah, like, the Blazers are like, uh, it's the meme of Homelander where you know what I'm talking about, right? Have you <laughs> All seen right. The yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I know the meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, he thinks he's going to get shit on, and then he's like, everyone's like All cheering right. for him. Yeah, that's what it is, except yeah. it's kind of not that at the same time. Definitely. The other weird part about this is from Ethan J. Skolnick of Five Reason Sports. The Miami Heat believe they could win the East with their current roster and will not act, quote, desperate for Damian Lillard. And then King of the Fourth Qu Quarter is a YouTuber who I, I grew up watching. Mm -hmm. The Heat had it. He basically said, like, the Heat had, like, the worst offseason. Like, why? What do you mean? Yeah, and they've it, had they've had a poor offseason so far. I agree. And Dame could fix it. But they don't if they don't get Dame like Jay Rich and Thomas Bryant are good additions. But 
They lost Max Struess. They lost Gabe Vincent. Those were two like pivotal pieces in their run to the finals, and they're just gone for nothing. Like that's I will an say, L. Josh Richardson, good addition, good good game. I, I agree. Even sure, but it, it not a perfect one, and so it's just I don't know. It, He's strong in other areas. I think he can defend I, more positions. I suppose, but in terms of if you had started this offseason and said the Heat lose these two players, that's like the worst possible thing that could happen. For nothing, right? Like, yes, realistically. True. So, not good there. We'll see what happens. I'm ready for the Dame stuff to be over. But, anyways. Uh, Mark Stein. Speaking of... Trades. Yeah, right? Mark Stein of the Stein line, longtime MB insider, basically said, a buddy healed trade could be more difficult than people perceive. He said that teams are worried about heels free agency next summer, and they might not be willing to give up more than just second-round picks in uh, addition to matching salary. So... I get it. It makes sense because teams might the teams that are interested in Heald are probably also teams that probably can't afford to pay him next summer. So that's where it is. Uh, and but if I'm the Pacers, I also want a first round pick because Buddy Heald's a damn good player. So it, it's a it's a weird situation. But I think the Heald yeah. thing is weird. I, I get why Portland's looking yeah. to offload him, right? Because if they don't plan on paying him, then you might as well get something for him. Uh yeah, that's fine. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote something this year. Sam and I have a Google Doc, yeah. so sometimes I'll just talk to each other. This year. Yeah, <laughs> continue. Sorry. There, there's like a reason to offload him. It's the classic like one year left. Like, let's get something so he doesn't leave in free agency. I wonder what Heald's free agent market is. I do think there are teams that are on the rise that could be interested in giving him a contract similar to the one he's on now. Uh, yeah. See San Antonio. I, I don't really know if anyone is willing to trade for him though it's a good point like we talked about the celtics maybe doing it and yeah it'd be cool but you would have to give up stuff for him and do you really want to do that like personally yeah. buddy healed cool buyout guy that's what i think mm-hmm. i don't think you're willing to give up a lot for him i don't know yeah we'll see i agree i think but he, I, I, I think I he does himself a favor by staying with the pacers though like he had a good season for the pacers last year tyrese is setting guys up like it's well it is his day job and yeah. <laughs> he's excellent at it. Like you're going to yeah. get so many great looks from Tyrese, similar to what you would get with the Celtics where Brogdon and Horford are in the league's top shooters. And they're going to be good. Soon. They're playing in an offense like that. They'll be good soon too. I think, I think they will be a playoff team the next few years. They were a playoff team last year before Tyrese got hurt. Yeah, they could be good. I agree. We'll see. He didn't like their extension offer. We'll see what happens. And not that he's exactly replaceable. Cause you can't replace a three point shooting, but they got Andrew Nemhard. They've got Aaron Neesmith. They've got wings. They've got guys ready to step in. So we'll see what happens there. It's definitely weird. The last thing before we get into the rat list uh, is Mr. James Harden still wants to go to the Clippers. <laughs> I believe this is from Mark J Spears as well. Um, or excuse me. Sorry. I'm miss, you know, sourcing everybody. This is from Yahoo sports, Jake Fisher, uh, friend of the pot, the 10 time all-star quote unquote, still hopes to be traded to the LA Clippers. Uh, following reports i remember the other week saying the clippers have moved on so I, this the whole harden thing has like calmed down a little bit or like quieted down like we haven't heard much about it because the damn stuff still super weird still don't know what's gonna happen with that because like he clearly doesn't want to be there but it feels like daryl morey is just kind of trying to sweep it under the rug and figure it out i feel like that's not gonna happen very well <laughs> well you have a choice if you're james harden you either uh play for the sixers or don't play basketball and as funny as it sounds, like James Harden, not somebody I'd be shocked if they're like, okay, I won't play basketball. 
It's not like Dame, where Dame's <laughs> like a real like love of the game guy. Like we've seen Harden pretend to be fat before or get fat KD. on purpose. KD went back to work. Last yeah, year I mean, K- KD's like the same guy. Like he loves basketball. Like that's what I'm I, saying. I, like, I wonder what KD's post playing career is going to be like because I don't think he can give up playing or or being around the game that easy. So I wouldn't. Be I think he, if he gets on a staff somewhere or does. TV. I think he pulls a Reddick. I think he just does his own thing. Doesn't want to be connected. Yeah, maybe. he just does his podcast. He well, he has actually, podcast. he already does have a podcast. That's I think good, he'll just continue call. that. But back to Harden. He's not going to get traded to the Clippers. If you're the Clippers, why would you go get Harden? You already have two guys that are kind of unreliable from a uh, playing standpoint. Why would you go get another one where James Harden's not only like unreliable, does he actually want to play, but also he might get hurt that too. I don't think Philly's going to get a return they want for him. And I don't no. think anybody feels bad for him because he opted into his contract and requested a trade right away. It's true. The NBA it's needs true. to do something about this. Like, I understand there is the maybe they promised him something, but if it's not in writing, I don't really know what to tell you. I I don't know. It, it's also it's like, weird. yes, you should keep your word, and I'm a big loyalty person myself, but I don't know. Like, opting into a contract only to request a trade is, like, the dumbest thing ever. Well, I think he opted into the contract because I think he requested a trade before. If, and, I'm again, I'm not going to side with James Harden here. If you want yeah. my opinion on what happened – James Harden probably went to Daryl Morey and said, Hey, I don't want to be here anymore. I want like, I want to go to the Clippers and I'm and not going to say have you guys get something for me. Sure. Maybe he was like yeah. either, you know, if, would you like me to opt in? And this is if like, this is obviously airing on the side of James Harden. What could have happened is he said, I want to get paid, trade me there. And that's how it happened. But it also could have been like, Hey, if I opt in, you can get something for me. Do you want me to do that? And Daryl Morey's like, yeah, fine. We'll, we'll find something. And then he didn't. And so then James Harden was pissed, which is like, duh. Like I would have just like, he, maybe he was like, I would have opted out if you had just said, we're not going to trade you. Like, and then I would have just left on my own. So like, <clears throat> maybe it's that, but at the same time, like is James Harden going to turn down that money. Eh, I don't know. Like he would have taken a pay cut. Maybe. I don't know. It's all weird at that point, but uh, we can move on. I, I, I hope it ends before. If you want camp. more Harden slash player movement talk, go listen to Bill Simmons. Talk to Howard Beck. It was excellent. Just mm. make sure you finish this pod first, but it was excellent. It yeah, was really cool to hear person. them kind of chat about it. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Next all right. Day, Sam, right post today. Hit it. This comes from the NBA community as they always do. The question, what would be the craziest possible run over the next three or four seasons, 2024 to 2027, that would change narratives surrounding players. What could realistically happen in the next three years of the NBA so that the public changes perspective on specific major teams or players? For example, how would the narrative around KD's career change if he goes to three straight finals with the Suns and wins two rings? He would now have four rings with two different teams. I think he'd jump. This is the Reddit post. I think he'd jump into most people's top 10 lists. What if Steph Curry wins two more titles, one MVP, and then just retires? Would he enter the GOAT conversation? He'd have six titles, one MVP, or three MVPs, I think. Uh, the craziest to me, also the Reddit post, would be LeBron joining a random team like the Nets, Kings, Sixers, or Knicks to follow Bronny and wins a championship there as the third best player at 40 or 41 years old. What are some of your crazy predictions for the next three years? Any That's that really jump question off the page to you, Jack? Anything you have in mind? Well, my brain immediately just went Celtics because yep. that's how it works. Like, what if Tatum they just would dominated? Go, yeah, well, Tatum would if let's say the Celtics win next year, right? He'd go from 
Carmelo Anthony to Paul Pierce, right? Like immediately, probably maybe even mm-hmm. better than Paul Pierce. And if they win multiple, he goes from that to in the conversation of the like if they win three championships, he immediately jumps like over guys like Giannis and Jokic immediately. And so if they win three, he starts to enter the article I did, the Mount Rushmore. Exactly. Of, okay, exactly. is he above Havlicek now? Which a lot of the commenters, a lot of respect for Havlicek. I know we talked about it on the show, and uh, it was more of a debate because we're newer, we're newer, younger mm-hmm. people. But the uh, old heads, a lot of respect for 17. Good. But then he kind of gets himself on the level of Bird. Like, Bird won three titles with the Celtics, won the three straight MVPs. Like, of course, he was like a big time, like, just figure in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Changed the game, whatever. Tatum winning three straight rings would be kind of (laughs) crazy. Now, that Mm. is an extreme. And I know you mentioned the possibility of just one. But even if he wins one, I think a lot of people are going to respect it. The NBA is super saturated with talent right now where we're talking about they need to expand because last pod we were like, well, I was like, well, what if the Blazers make the playoffs? Then we went through it and it was like, well, they kind of impossible. Like can't. Yeah. (laughs) Can't. Not possible. Uh, Top comment. Ben Simmons leads a young Nets team to a deep playoff run in three straight (laughs) seasons. That is a good one, though. Like people be like, oh, yeah, Ben Simmons is back. Uh, Another Another person just crossed out like the back end of that. It was just like Ben Simmons leads. It's <laughs> true. I think right? Clippers winning. If Kawhi wins a title in a finals MVP with the Clippers, that's three different titles, three different MVPs with three different organizations. Like that's what people talked about when he joined LA. So if that can it's happen, true. He's, he jumps in his top 10 all time. Now everyone's like, that guy doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Also, exactly. happy anniversary, and- the Kawhi laugh. It was yesterday, five years. Oh, there we go. Also, on uh-huh. top, if Clippers win, uh-huh. Clippers win also, Russ gets a ring changes a lot of discourse around Russ. I know you don't like yeah. him. I don't mind Russ. Um, <clears throat> that's interesting. Um, I just feel inclined to dislike Russ. Like I have why? really no reason to dislike him and it's kind of not fair. I just, I don't know why I have a hard time rooting for him. You know, if uh, the Celtics don't win a ring, the narrative I want to see is Marcus smart wins a ring and proves all the idiots wrong. Finals MVP. <laughs> yeah, fine. Great. Yeah. Be, be perfect. Three in a row. <laughs> Does Marcus whoa, whoa, Smart whoa, enter the whoa. GOAT conversation? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, maybe the Celtics get one in there. Let's well, no, you said if they don't win one. <clears throat> sure. If the Celtics don't win, you want the Grizzlies to win. I agree. Uh, good comment. This comes from D Kong 86. Charlotte Hornets go three straight seasons without a single suspension. Thoughts? <laughs> Big turnaround for the. What was MJ the problem? Does this hurt MJ's <laughs> legacy? Like, Hornets. sells the team, players start to behave. Uh, uh, Hornets try not to get suspended. Challenge in parentheses impossible. <laughs> Somebody said Timberwolves win the West. Somebody said pool dragging the Wizards, crying and screaming to the low NBA key. Finals. Low, no, well, not the Finals, but Loki. If Pool does well and Washington like is efficient, all this stuff, like you really question was Pool the problem or were the vets really just like secluded? That, that's Jordan the second pool. half of this. Like it would make the yeah. Warriors look like clowns a little bit. Uh, somebody commented about Kawhi. That was a good call by you. Chris Paul gets beating Jokic in the finals. True. Chris Paul gets then somebody replied. That's a good one. Somebody replied to the Embiid guy. Whoa, hold on there, Cowboy. Let's start small with Embiid making the conference finals. (laughs) This is true. This is Uh, true. The Kings championship. 73 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Giannis wins another one, he is bordering top 15 conversation. All right, get the rat on the screen. Same for Jokic. All right. I think that was one of my favorite Reddit posts, though. I think that was was a really good one. I like that one. Let's start with the rat list. Would you like to lead us off here, sir? You have more than me. You go first. 
Right, well, I'm going to start with something that's not on here, and it's not a rat list, so we're going to do it quick. Hmm. And I'm going to preface this with Sam. If you don't like what I'm going to talk about, you're not allowed to be an asshole, and you're allowed to just let me talk about it. I, I don't want you. I want you to let me finish because okay. I I'll let you I, finish, I, but I might be an asshole. That's a compromise. I want to talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. That's on my rat list. You're oh, is it? I did, no, I don't look at your fucking rat list. I want to be surprised. Yeah, you're a rat for that. You're a rat. You're uh, you're you're the rat for disliking. I will rat say, court. Rat, rat court. Then rat court. Tell sure. us in the comments. And let me let me explain. You go first. The Taylor Swifties who are all like, there was a post on Twitter today that was like a Taylor Swift fan account explaining how football works, and somebody saying like, "What's a down?" Like that's a <laughs> I saw that this. is somebody that is ratless. Today. That is okay. ratless. Travis Kelsey, did you hear the story about what he did? Like, I, I like Taylor Swift, right? No, I don't have a problem with it. On. I, I think your problem is not her. It is the fandom and the obsession, which I get it, right? It's a lot, right? Yeah. Fin- I like finish. Taylor. I did not hear the Kelsey thing. Go ahead. Sure. Travis Kelsey, he has a podcast, New Heights. Great fucking podcast. It's, it's great. Um, Him and his brother, Jason Kelsey. Uh, He went to one of her concerts, and apparently Taylor Swift doesn't, like, talk before or after the concerts. Yes. And he brought a bracelet because it's like a thing, a Taylor Swift thing to make bracelets. And he put his number on the bracelet. Just like it's mm. a goat. Like, like that's he's a beast, right? Like having the balls to go to a Taylor Swift concert, arguably the most famous you woman you went. on the planet, right? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm not Travis Kelsey, but arguably the most famous you woman on the planet. Stop. Good one. Most famous woman on the planet. And he just like brings a bracelet to give her a number. Right. Eventually he, he basically said somewhere else, like, said on the Pat McAfee show, like, hey, I threw the ball. It's in her court now. She came to Arrowhead Stadium and dominated. She should come see how I rock Arrowhead. And then not only does she go to the game, she goes to the game with his mom, right? Like, that's just like Travis Kelsey's a beast. He's now dating the most or dating, whatever you want to say, the most famous woman on the planet. I just think the story's cool. And on top of that, I saw a Twitter post. Um that said, Travis Kelsey has four outcomes here, and I respect the balls. He either becomes hated by every woman in America or absolute glory, and there's no in between. <laughs> and I, I don't care about, like, oh, who is Taylor Swift dating, whatever. I just like Travis Kelsey, and I think it's fun that two, like, very mm. notable people. And, like, I listen to his podcast, and, like, I follow him because him and his brother are funny. So I've, like, listened to his this, and I've heard him, like, when it initially started. So to see it come here, it's just, like, I mean – I texted my buddy, uh, Danny, and I was like, Taylor, I was like, guess what? You know, Travis Kelsey's the GOAT. And he goes, what, is Taylor Swift at the game? And mm-hmm. I said, no, she's at the game with his mom. And he goes, nah, with the mom? That's crazy. And I just I just think it's an, inter- like an, an entertaining saga, and I've been entertained by it. And I'll let you do whatever you want. Sure. Now, whatever. Okay. So, I'll start off. Travis Kelsey could have went to a lot of concerts and given the bracelet to other people that might be more attractive than Taylor Swift. I don't get the Taylor Swift like obsession. So th- you were right about that. I don't get it. Like power rankings of people I would go to a concert and give a friendship bracelet to doesn't make the list. I'm not going to list them all, but probably doesn't make the list. Okay. People have other opinions. Like, just I'm just letting you know that no, people are entitled to their people opinion. People have different tastes. Your opinion. You're not the sun. World doesn't revolve around you, but continue. No, I, well, I'm an only child, so let's all calm down. Now. I'm aware, but and you're right. Everybody could probably just tell. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. I think she just looks normal. I, I have, like, a lot of people, I think, that just look normal that, like, people are obsessed with, and that's fine. You like? I'm not normal. saying she's, like, 
I, I, I don't care about it in the sense of like, oh, I think she's the most attractive woman on the planet. But no, she is like yeah. the most famous woman in the world. No, it's, and he it's was just true. like, let me make her a fucking bracelet. I'm like, essentially being an asshole fuck? on purpose. But, I, I'm aware. And that's why yeah. I literally, I before you left, I pasted in the sheet and I deleted it because I didn't want you to ruin it before I put it on here. I said, I want to talk about Travis Kelsey, parentheses, Sam, you're not allowed to be an asshole. Let me talk about it. That, I no, had it. I got rid of it. This is compromise. Compromise. Sure. sure. Uh, I also, so one, I'm sick of seeing her everywhere. It's on the sheet. I'm, I'm kind of just sick of, I'm sick of like the obsession with her universally. I. It's not even a hater thing. It's just like, I don't get it. Like it is a hater thing, but continue. I also don't like Travis Kelsey. I think he's annoying. Really? He has Tyler hero syndrome. Hmm. Nah, I, don't, I disagree with you. Go go back and listen to a Travis Kelsey uh, college interview, and then perhaps listen to him talk now. Might sound a little different. Maybe I, I don't know. I disagree with that, <clears throat> but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's a little Tyler Hero in him. So mm. he does not the fashion sense, just the dialect. A little different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I it it was all over Twitter, and I don't like when my Twitter becomes things that aren't what I want to see. Sam so that's always doesn't like things that other people like. That's period. true. Yeah, that's just, I don't like Christmas. You did, anything that the general public enjoys, Sam hates on it. Mostly, I'm just going to say this, mostly for the sake of hating. It's just to be honest here. you For the sake of being a dick, you just don't like stuff that other people like. Little tease. And that, and that's okay. But Little tease. <laughs> little uh, hater Celtics blog article coming. Yeah. I don't know how soon it's coming because it might take a while. It's on the way. All right. In development, just like the office reboot that's reportedly in the development. Same mm-hmm. thing. I will say though, I will rat list the Swifties who are like now just mm-hmm. like liking football. Like there was another one. It was a picture of Taylor Swift from like the box of the Chiefs game. And there was a <laughs> there was a piece of like a chicken tender on a plate, with, like ketchup and ranch, and somebody somebody tweeted out uh like a Taylor Swift got update, Taylor Swift seating eating chicken with ranch and ketchup, and somebody responded, Thank you. I'm so glad someone's normalized using ranch with meat. <laughs> That's a normal like, thing. People have chicken, bacon, ranch, pizza. They're when like normalized. You, when you order wings, they're like, "Do you want blue cheese or ranch?" It's like the first thing they ask you. They were like, "Hold on, let me find it." I, I do I suppose it is like meat. a salad dressing, and like people dip like vegetables, vegetable platters in it. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was it was like, "Thank you for someone." <laughs> I found the original post. And- let like, us know okay, in the comments, no. in or out on Taylor Swift. The official, you can't be out on Taylor Swift. You can be out on Wait, the obsession can't with be her. Out. I can be out. I can do whatever no, I want. Stop, stop, stop. Because your problem's not with her as a person. Your problem was the people obsessed with her. What the fuck? She didn't do anything. Why, why I, are you going to be out okay, of her all right, for? All right. Yeah, well, exactly. I can be out if I want to. You got to stop you're yelling right, before I don't really you have a reason. I, I'm, exactly. mis, I'm misattributing the out. Exactly. Fuck. Let me fucking talk, dick. Uh, what I was going to say is on the original post of Taylor Swift, the ranch, the official KFC account responded, our ranch queen. And it's just, like, what do we, I, I get it. It's like, she didn't do anything. She's just making her money and doing her thing. But like, what the fuck? Uh, that, that stuff is over my head mm-hmm. and too far for me. But anyways, all right, go ahead uh, with Ratless. I'll let you go. Well, you got more than me. Just keep going. Because we, we both kind <laughs> okay. of off on that one. Okay. Okay, uh, I will rat list the, and this is, I guess I could have put this in the NBA second. Rat list the Miami Heat writers. There was someone. <laughs> I, I, this I is my favorite today. of your buds. Dude, I forget who it was today. He was like, oh, like, 
why are like why it's so bizarre why the Blazers don't want to react with heat like a totally unironic tweet like no fucking shit they don't want to work with the heat mm. because the heat and Damian Lillard have cornered the market to where the Blazers aren't going to get a fair return as much as I'll sit here and say players should be allowed to request this team this should be allowed I'm like no fuck of course the Blazers are going to be mad at you <laughs> like what like yeah. it's the complete oblivion and like and again it Matt Moore of Action Network has put it like perfectly time and time again like heat fans can be allowed to be excited for dame they can be hyped and they can want dame and they can be okay with it but they also have to acknowledge the fact that the heat have completely cornered the market and they're going to get him for cheap or or, a relatively low price to whatever they could get elsewhere because no other teams want to trade for him because he only wants to go to one place and you can acknowledge that and you can be fine with it and it's fine and it's fine to be excited about a good player in your favorite team but especially the media who are like, why aren't they like doing this with the heat? Shut up. Stop. Cut the shit. I'm over it. Cause I see it all the time. And it's like the most brain dead take. I it's can a victim ever imagine. complex thing. Exactly. It's crazy. It's weird. And I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. It's rat list. Uh, so I'll start with a small one. Yeah. Uh, rat list kind of my Tatums, my Tatums have perished. Not really, Ooh, but they wait. have ripped. Did you wear so, them last night? Oh, I did. Okay. So my Tatums are still wearable, still still serviceable. But if you have Tatums, Jack has them. There is on the outside of the shoe a mesh layer, and then there is the actual layer. But my mesh layer has torn across the really? side. I've gotten great use out of the Tatums. This is not a knock on the product. I personally love the product. Didn't think I'd like it. Was very out on it at the beginning because that was much? all Tatum cared about. But really like the sneakers. Probably going to get another pair. Mom's going to be pissed. But yeah, Jack has on the screen. So right above the beige part of the shoe, I have a tear. Like right here? No, uh, towards towards like the midsection. Oh, like foot. right here under the laces. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, it's sad. I, I think looked it, down. I was like, damn. I think the shoe's weird because there's this weird like gap underneath. Like there's some yeah. string, but there's, there's like weird gap underneath here. I think it helps me dunk, I, dude jump higher. maybe i i like them they're fine i was out on them the first time i wore them but i've grown to i, I think I it's like them. it was the first time i worn them i, I wear maybe them every time colorways like, maybe i'll get the black green and orange ones i think i have the worst colorway but it's <laughs> you do have the worst colorway it is a fact. i don't like red i only got it so we didn't have the same exact one because like i figured oh let's each order one but i was I worth has the best colors one. he's got the pink ones pink lemonade is the best one yeah, yeah i agree those are dope but yeah small sad rat list yeah uh, I'll rattle the, the list. <laughs> I'll rattle the Miami Dolphins, um, because Atlas Miami for you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, Miami out of Miami today. Uh, our Sam's friend, but got Ray I was with him. Has, I was with him when yeah, it was happening, dude. I was so mad. So Ray, who I played in fantasy this week, not he has. I gotta find it now. Shit, I'm clicking the wrong. He's way. a diehard Dolphins fan to preface he this. So he has Raheem Mostert playing. He had and Tyree Hill. Kill. And Debo Samuel even on the Niners. And so Mm. those players alone, 45 points for Moster, 30 points for Hill, 25 points for Samuel. What is that? Let me do quick math. 70. That's 100 points. They beat my whole team by themselves. They beat my team by themselves. Done. Like, there was nothing I could do. Um, And so I was mad at the Dolphins. Ratless the Dolphins. Also, Ratless Derrick Henry. I traded for him this week, and he was dog shit. Oh, you're an idiot for doing that. Why? I like the trade. I stand by the trade. But Derek Henry might might be washed. Continue. Derek I don't Henry know. This isn't a football podcast. Week. I admittedly yeah. don't know what I'm talking about. Next one. Next one. Next one. Uh, next one. Okay. 
So this weekend, uh, I mentioned it on the last show. I did go to a wedding. And I kind of forgot mm. about this rat list until now. Uh, so I, I go to the bathroom at a wedding, at this wedding. Wedding venue, nice venue. Bathroom, lovely bathroom. Bathroom has three urinals. As you walk in, you see all three of them. Oh, I think I know. I uh, enter the restroom. There's one man in the bathroom, and he is peeing in the middle urinal. Rat yep. move. I'm not going to go pee next to you. So yep. I just went one of the stalls and peed and then moved on. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's a right. What's no, the I, point of that? Yeah. You dominating the urinals. You got to follow the system. You got to leave room for other people. That's terrible. Agreed. That should be a fine. That That's 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 lack of etiquette there. I agree. Yeah. Um, Ratless, the stupid fucking ceiling in the mm. gym we play basketball in. It is the lowest ceiling, and I have a pretty high arcing shot. And so I took like four threes the other day, and three of them hit the ceiling. I, and then it got to the point where I'm like trying to adjust my shot to not hit the ceiling. And at that point, I'm just fucking airballing because I'm yep. adjusting my jump shot. Of course, I'm not going to shoot well because I'm not shooting the way I normally shoot. And so it was pissing me off all night. I literally, like I said at the start of the show, I didn't make a single shot. I hate that. Great, uh, great day for uh, or great day for line drivers like myself. Yeah, no, I was so or lower bad. arcs. I wouldn't say line drive, but Henry was practicing line drive shots in the warm up, and I uh, ratless just fuck like being Henry weird. is fuck a little rat, very physical. <laughs> He's bumping into yes, that was unhappy. Yes. He was not yes. too pleased with Henry. Yeah, Henry is Henry's an aggressive. Henry was like teetering on like might get banned. Not really, but <laughs> no. Henry listens attention. to this. Henry, it's a joke. <laughs> Henry listens to this. I go out in the kitchen. I watch him listen. So you better take that back because he'll hear this. <laughs> Uh, my final rat list. Henry, you're not getting banned. Uh, do you have any more? I think this might be a closer. Uh, I have two anti-rat lists, but they can be quick and I'll let you close. Fire them um, off. Yeah, I, and I'm going to re-emphasize because Henry does listen to this and he will adjust his physicality. Henry, you're not getting banned. It's no, joke. just play, Henry. <laughs> just stay awake. Uh, anti Whatever it takes. Anti-rat list, my high school buddy. Uh, I, I just got a random text today. He was like, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. What's up? And I was like so taken aback because it's like six years I haven't talked to this guy. But like, shout out, Susan texted me. I was like, hey, what's up? Like, it was just weird, like mm. fun because I hadn't heard from him. Uh, an anti-ratless KFC worker. So after ball, I like my sleep schedule is weird because I get up later than most people because. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't like eat breakfast. And so my first meal is like later. And so I don't have dinner before basketball. So I'm hungry when we go. And so Henry and I stop at KFC. And so we stop there. I got whatever tenders, whatever. KFC worker comes to the window. She goes, we're closing. So I gave you extra tenders. Oh. oh clutch clutch yeah, i was i was so hyped I, and i ate that sh- oh, it was so good so shout out damn dude shout uh, out to the colonel <clears throat> that's what i'm saying dripped out with saying. his little tied bow tie his beard saying, all right i'll let you close the rat list so rat list uh being being fatigued and also brain dead it's it's me i'm on the rat list so this morning I get up at six, alarm goes off, get ready, go to the gym, pull into the Oof. gym. It's raining. I uh, gather, gather my water and, and I get ready. I go in, grab my phone. I'm in the gym. I do sit down at the little rowing station. It's not the rowing machine. It's the one with the weights. That's how you get big. And I, I do, I do my five sets of 10 on the rowing machine. And I, I go to move on. And I pick up my stuff, I grab my phone, I grab my water. And I'm like, damn, where are my keys? When I work out, I don't keep my keys in my pocket. I put them with the things that I put down. I'm like, oh, did I leave my keys in the car? 
So I go, I exit the gym into the rain. I have to go back out there. It's cold. And I walk to my car. My car is on. I have left my car on in the parking lot, unlocked. And uh, I mean, nothing came of it. But wow, that might be an all time brain dead move for me. Just zombie autopilot walking. That that is Monday morning encapsulated into a story. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, that's a that's a tough look. It's just in disbelief. I was like, wow. <laughs> that's a tough one. Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, well, if that's it for you, we can uh, wrap oh it up God. there. Um, yeah, you can't leave your keys in your car. That's uh, that's a tough one. But <laughs> anyways, you got to keep you for spare keys in. in your wallet, a car key, and also a house key in case. I don't do. I have an Apple. It. I have an AirTag in my wallet, so I can find it. But that's about it. But. Huh uh anyways thank you all for tuning in to how about themselves we appreciate you very much season is getting closer and closer so come tune in and go to playback there's only like two of you over there and we want to watch the games with you guys so we're gonna you, start plugging playback like three or that's four what times I'm saying. a show dude just I know. Like, just hammer them mm-hmm. if you want to watch games with us next season go join our playback just go follow it how about themselves on playback it's going to be TV. fun go check it out we'll we are going to vegas and if they're not there we're gonna be pissed <laughs> So we're going to be watching. They should be there. Their group sucks and they should be able to win a knockout game to get to the semis. Yes. I agree. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Subscribe to how about them Celtics. Check us out on Spotify and Apple. Leave us five stars and a review if you'd like and leave a comment. That's my favorite part. Email us, comment, all that stuff. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we appreciate it. And I'll let Sam take it out. Hey, hey, thank you very much for listening and watching. If you're watching here on the YouTube, whether it's ours or CLNS's or CLNS's second one, you can subscribe. If you're on ours, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our daily uploads or any breakers. We've had a couple of them in the last week and a half. Might have some more. We're going to do a breaker for a Dame trade. Only uh, if it's here. Only if it's the Celtics. Yeah, we yeah. won't do it. Okay. Fair. Fair. Oh, that would be a big, big view. Big view video. You think? Hope it doesn't. Ten K. But, uh, <laughs> but if you're listening, you're on Spotify or Apple, so make sure you follow us there, so you get all of those to your feed on your phone. You can leave a nice five star review and say something nice about the pod. You can also find us on Playback. Do it. Join this little community, whatever it is. Join it because we're gonna do streams. It's gonna be fun. Uh, maybe we'll do giveaways or something to get people in there. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll do something. We might fun. have something to give away soon. <laughs> yeah tease uh also you could find us on socials at how about them sees that's twitter instagram and tiktok the facebook is just name of the podcast twitter and facebook getting content on the daily i don't know what's going on the other two but we're there we're there uh you can find jack on twitter at jack's money b you can find me at sam lafrance nba that's it for us Bye.